So you're in really good song tonight, which is great, fantastic. I want to speak to you about authentic Christmas tonight, but I don't know if you could do me a favor. If you, those of you in the balcony up there, there's plenty of people at the back and down in the sides and in the center, if you could look round, I'm, I'm just trying to double check whether a, a special guest that I gave a special invitation to has actually come, because I heard it wasn't likely. So if you could look around, please, for President Donald Trump, that, that would be... Why are you laughing? Um, I gave him an invitation. Just check around, check around. Is he there? He's not there. See, I did hear the rumor that he'd heard about this. I was just trying to reach out because whether he's going to visit the UK and have an audience with the Queen is not necessarily going that way. I just thought it'd be gracious. But evidently he said, no way. And when they said, why not? Why wouldn't you go to Motley Baptist Church? He just said, fake pews, fake pews. And judging by the paucity of laughter, that explains why none of the Christmas cracker companies I offered that joke to took me up on it. You see, authenticity is really important. So whatever you think about President Trump, he speaks a lot about fake news. And I just want to tell you at the outset, Christmas is good news, it's not fake news. It's absolutely authentic news. And on this Carols by Candlelight, I just want to remind you that authenticity is really important. Uh, The cathedrals of our great nation are seeing a resurgence in people attending at Christmas. And they're regular. People are going once a year. And if you just come here once a year, you're welcome. It's wonderful. We're glad to see you. Glad to see you back. But David Walker, who's on the team there at Worcester and Litchfield Cathedral, he was doing a survey about very, very occasional, maybe even once a year, churchgoers. And he found that 93% came because they just love the music. They love the singing. And we've discovered recently, according to scientists, psychologists, physiologists, that singing is good for you physiologically. It's good for your mental health. It's good for your emotional health. It's good for your psychological health. It's good for your relational health. It brings us together. So David Walker wouldn't be surprised then to hear that because 93% say they go for the carols. They go for the singing. But 52%, so more than half, said that they want to find out about the true meaning of Christmas, the true meaning, the authentic meaning of Christmas. You're going to see a picture come up behind me. I've mentioned this in the church before. Some of you may recognize that picture. It's Salvatore Mundi by Leonardo da Vinci, painted in about 1500 AD. And it was sold by Sotheby's in 1958 for 45 pounds. It was sold more recently at Christie's this year, just weeks ago, for $450 million. Now, I don't want to let a company down, but the answer to that difference is not you should always sell your stuff through Christie's rather than Sotheby's. The answer is that between the £45 sale in '58. Nearly 60 years later, in 2017, it's worth $450 million to a private buyer, by the way, because the authenticity was proven. It was proven to be one of the handful of paintings painted by the great master, Leonardo da Vinci. The true meaning of something that is at the heart of its value is about authenticity and truth. And at the beginning, we prayed that God might help us to worship in spirit and in truth. Well, what is at the heart of an authentic Christmas? 
What is at the heart of all these amazing stories that you've heard and the carols that you've sung and the readings of Holy Scripture that you've heard? Well, the first thing I want to say is that there is an authentic father at the heart of Christmas. There's an authentic father. And the first picture you're going to see, for some people, he's very important. He's called St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. And he was popularized in America when people from Europe went over there and they told this legend of St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, who we get the whole story of Father Christmas from. This was a third century bishop who was very wealthy but gave everything away to the poor. He was a wealthy family, but he gave his whole inheritance away. He was in Turkey in a place called Myra. And stories go that he would drop gold coins down chimneys and sometimes they'd catch in the socks that were hanging there. That's where the story comes from. That's the authentic story. I mean, I can remember a time where I did believe in Father Christmas when I was a little boy. Then I can remember a time where, sadly, I started to doubt in Father Christmas. Then I can remember a time when I became Father Christmas and now I just look like Father Christmas. So... The church has heard that one before as well. But you see, if we look at another father who's at the heart of Christmas, the authentic Christmas story, it's Joseph and Jesus. And I hope you like that magnificent Welsh poetry. Wasn't it beautiful? Stunning, contemporary. It brings home what it must have been like in those Christmas stories for Joseph to hear that his betrothed fiance, as good as married in those days, in that country, in that culture, she was with child. You see, the child was planted in her womb by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. This is a miracle of Christmas, what theologians call the incarnation, that God who was always there now is born of a virgin because he's planted in the womb by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. The Heavenly Father plants Jesus Christ in the womb of a virgin Mary. Joseph didn't have union with her. This is the miracle of Christmas. But at the heart of Christmas is not just Joseph, who goes on with Mary to have their children. Jesus had brothers and sisters. The Bible tells us that. But there's a heavenly Father who is at the heart of Christmas. The one who Jesus, in Matthew 6 and verse 9, in what we call the Lord's Prayer, taught his disciples to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. Let me just turn to Matthew and, and read something else that Jesus taught his disciples about worrying. I don't know if you, do you ever worry? Someone told me 365 times in the Bible it says, don't worry, don't be afraid. I think God put it in there because we do worry. Jesus said this to his followers. He says, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life or what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not worth much more? than they? Are you not more valuable? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Jesus is making it clear that if you know that God's your heavenly Father, you can relax a little bit. You don't need to worry as much. Our Father, who art in heaven, he taught the disciples to pray to. So at the heart of Christmas, God, our real heavenly Father, who wanted us to have the best experience of a human father, is the one who's always there for us, whatever your experience of being fathered was like. 
The second thing about authentic Christmas is there's an authentic family at the heart of Christmas. A real family. In that reading from Luke and the first seven verses, we read that when Caesar Augustus had issued this decree for the whole Roman world, Joseph and Mary had to go to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he and Mary were of the line of David. The royal line. David, one of the greatest kings who'd ever lived. And the Jews knew that the Messiah would sit on David's throne. The Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. He would come and be born in Bethlehem. And that is where Mary had her child. But this is an authentic family at the heart of Christmas. Joseph loved Jesus, his son. He raised him in the carpenter's shop. He cared for him as any father would, even though he knew his son came from on high, from heaven itself. But this authentic family called the Holy Family, do you know, we're forgetting about the Holy Family at Christmas. The Bible Society in 2012 carried out a poll, it's probably worse now, of the 6,000 different types of Christmas cards in the shops Only 34 had nativity scenes on them. Only 34 out of 6,000. They're harder and harder to get. And yet 2 billion Christmas cards are sent every year. 2 billion. That's amazing. It's incredible. In the Times yesterday, talking about families, I want to say there's all kinds of families, but this was in the Times yesterday on page 12 in Body and Soul. And the title of the article, I've clipped it out, is this, The Therapist's Guide, How to Survive the Modern Family Christmas. Have you got that kind of issue with your family? Is it a bit like that? I don't know. It says, it says here, whether it's keeping stepchildren happy, getting on with your mum's new boyfriend, or dealing with those tricky in-laws, psychotherapist Jean-Claude Chalmay knows how to make the day work for everyone. The only problem is families are not just together for a day. And families can be wonderful, and I'm sure none of yours, but some families can be a little bit challenging. And families come in all kinds. You see, Joseph and Mary were betrothed to be married, but they weren't married. That was so hard to deal with in that society at that time. We're made of all kinds of different families, and all families are welcome in this church. You see, your family is loved by God. Whatever your family looks like, whatever it's like on Christmas, however wonderful and perfect it is, or dare I say, if it's touched with a little bit of dysfunctionality, then unless you want, what's his name again? Jean-Claude Chalmay to come and see you, which will probably cost you a few thousand pounds, your family is loved by your heavenly Father. And he longs for you to be in God's family his family. You see, all those who come to Heavenly Father with empty hands and open hearts are welcome. He loves us all. The third thing about an authentic Christmas, and I want to say this evening, is there's often an authentic fear at the heart of Christmas. It might be that Uncle Jim is coming, and Uncle Jim is the black sheep of your family. By the way, if Uncle Jim's sitting next to you, I'm really sorry, Jim. But you know what I mean? Joseph had fears. You saw that in the wonderful piece of poetry. Where is this child? Has she been playing away from home? Not the most reverent thing I've ever heard, but it brings home the point that Joseph felt that. He had fears until the angel appeared. 
The terror of the shepherds. You've heard the story that when the angels appeared, that the shepherds were absolutely terrified. It tells us that in the verse 9 of Luke. Let me just read it for you in Luke chapter 2 and verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I wonder what your fears are. Maybe not for Christmas, but maybe for the new year. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it is about your family or a relationship. Or maybe you're just lonely. Maybe it's about broken, smashed ambitions and dreams or shattered hopes. Or maybe you just need forgiveness because you know you've let yourself down this year. Maybe you broke someone's heart. We all need to be accepted and we all need to be loved. And whatever our fears are of rejection, of brokenness, of loneliness, there's not only the angels, but there's a heavenly Father who says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I love you. That's at the heart of Christmas. Father God always wants to replace fear with faith. Listen to verse 11 of Luke chapter 2 and you'll see what I mean. Today, the shepherds were told, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the first angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus is a Prince of Peace. And he says, I give peace not as the world gives. I don't give with one hand and snatch it back with the other. The peace that I give to you is lasting. You do not need to be afraid. I'm with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. And the fourth and final thing that I want to say about an authentic Christmas is that an authentic faith is at the heart of Christmas. An authentic faith. You know, as we read verses 15 to 20, and I I will in a moment, just, just see if you can pick up the joy of these shepherds. Let me tell you a little bit about those shepherds. They were pretty much regarded as smelly outcasts. Nobody wanted a shepherd turning up, even if you were living temporarily in a stable. The shepherds were regarded as the lowest of the low, unclean, dirty, smelly individuals out on the lonely, cold hills, and yet God came to them. You see, God loves, and he comes to the neediest. He comes to those who know their need. He comes to those who recognize that they are in need. And he came to the shepherds. Oh, he sent the Magi, the wise men, with the expensive gifts as well. But they would have been rejected by the Jews because they weren't Jews, they were Gentiles. God loves and welcomes everyone. Listen to this joy, because joy comes with hope, and hope comes with faith. And there's an authentic faith at the heart of Christmas. Listen to the joy of the shepherds as I read verses 15 to 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word. They they couldn't keep it in. They just had to tell someone. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. 
the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and they'd seen, which were just as they'd been told. There was an authentic faith. What they were told was true. And what they heard was true. And what they saw was true. Not fake news, good news. Another word for that is the gospel. And this is the gospel. The gospel's as simple as this. That God came to planet earth. That he was that baby, Jesus, laying in a manger with straw and thorns. And on Good Friday, there was a crown of thorns pressed upon his head. And nails put through his hands. Why? Because Romans had the power to do it and the Jews that denied him had the power. No, because he opened his arms wide to embrace the world with love. And he so loved the world that he said, I don't want Clive not to be with me in heaven and not to have a relationship with me on earth. But I know Clive has done stuff and said stuff and thought stuff that got in the way. So I'm going to take all of those bad things about Clive to the cross. And when Clive comes with open hands and open hearts to me, I'm going to welcome Clive into my kingdom. Is there any wonder the shepherds were filled with joy? You know, if you think I get a bit excited about Jesus now, you should have met me when I first met him. Wow! I was unbearable. Joy just bubbled up. I couldn't keep it in. There's a joy at the heart of Christmas. And I hope you like the picture behind me with a little donkey as well. I'm not sure there's a donkey at the heart of Christmas, but who'd want to ruin a beautiful story? Mary probably did sit on a donkey. Long-standing tradition says there was a donkey and there was an oxen in that stable. We don't know it because the Bible doesn't say it. But what we do know is whether that's the authentic version or not, there's an authentic faith at Christmas and it's a faith in Jesus Christ. It is not fake news. So I want to close before our, our final carol which captures it perfectly by just reading from it the second verse Christ by highest heaven adored you see all the angels adored him Christ the everlasting Lord there's never been a time when he didn't exist and there'll never be a time when he won't exist late in time behold him come the Jews were waiting so long for the Messiah offspring of a virgin's womb You've heard of the miracle of the incarnation. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. There is God in Jesus Christ in that stable. Hail the incarnate deity. This is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And listen to this. Pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Do you know God's pleased to live and dwell with you and me and in your family, whatever it's like. All you have to do is open your heart and he will come in. And if you want just a little bit of help with that, then when you join us for mince pies and coffee and refreshments downstairs, we'd love you if you want to take one of these little booklets that are around in the foyer. There's some at the front here. I've got a copy here. Why Christmas? It's written by an Anglican clergyman called Nicky Gumbel, a great guy. We run an Alpha course here. Nicky shaped and designed that Alpha course. We run a Christianity Explored course here. If we can do anything to help you come to understand that God loves you, Maybe just take one of these as a starting point and read it. For now, let's pray, and then I'll hand back to Andy. Let's pray. Father, we want in our hearts, whether we already understand you and get it, we want, whether we don't fully get it, to ask you to help us to make an authentic response 
to the real and authentic good news of Christmas, an authentic response to Jesus, who said that if we come to you, Father, we'll come through him. And that anyone who comes to you, Father, must come through him. Jesus, we ask that you'd help us to respond to you this Christmas. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd stir our hearts and our minds now. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, hear our prayers.